Welcome to Don't Read Drunk, a podcast about books and booze. I'm Jenny, and I'll be your host. Hi, welcome back. We are in episode 42, and we are talking about The Paris Apartment by Lucy Foley today. We've got some new listeners again. So welcome. If you're enjoying the podcast, please go on Apple Podcasts and give it five stars. I'm continuing to grow the podcast, so every five-star review makes a big difference for me. Thank you again so much for listening. I've been staying busy here. It was a weekend full of yard work. I got a lot done that I'm really happy about. There's still a lot to do. And if you own a home, you know there is always something that needs to be done. And honestly, there's times lately that I've been jealous of renters because there's just always stuff that needs to be done and it gets so expensive (laughs) and takes up a lot of time. I've been getting out to walk the dogs, so I think the regular exercise is doing me good. It's been super hot lately, so we've been getting out early to beat the heat, but that's something that I've been keeping up with. And I really hate speaking as someone with depression when people say exercise is the best thing for depression. First of all, I totally agree. (laughs) Second of all, have you ever been so depressed that you can barely function? It's a struggle sometimes just to get out of bed. Thinking a depressed person is going to be getting up to go exercise is such a joke sometimes. So really hate when people say, oh, exercise is the best thing. Well, yeah, I can exercise every day for a month and then the depression hits me and I'm not going anywhere or doing anything. So please don't say that to a depressed person. (laughs) I do have the best doctor. She doesn't say crazy things like that to me when we talk about my depression. She is really open and listens to what I talk about and is super cool. I actually haven't seen her for a while, so I kind of need to get into the doctor and just do a little check-in. The sunshine definitely helps too, and I am spending as much time as I can outside. So the booze for this week, another thriller. So that means red wine. (laughs) I found a red blend called Witching Hour, which I totally wish I would have had this when I reviewed The Witching Hour by Anne Rice. How perfect would that have been? (laughs) So if you haven't read The Witching Hour by Anne Rice and you're wanting to pick it up, also pick up a bottle of Witching Hour Red Blend from Total Wine. This red blend is a California wine. Total Wine says it has deep flavors of dark cherries and vanilla. This lusty wine with deep flavors is sure to to consume your senses. Pair with grilled tenderloin, roast chicken, or a hearty pasta. I could taste the wretch... I could taste the rich cherry flavor, but not really the vanilla. It's considered a medium-bodied wine, but I felt it was really rich in flavor. It's a blend, so it was a little sweeter than what I normally drink, but it wasn't too sweet either. It's very robust, and I definitely agree with Total Wine's food pairings. I would say serve a good smoked cheese. The smoky flavor would match great with the flavoring. I'm totally loving smoked Gouda right now, so that is what I would pair it with. The price point was really good too at $8.49 for a bottle. I would definitely get this again. It is a solid wine and a great thriller pairing. So about the author Lucy Foley from the Goodreads bio, she says, I live in London but love traveling both in real life and on the page hence the appearance of some far-flung locations in my writing. From Wikipedia, 
Lucy Foley is a British author of contemporary historical fiction and mystery novels. She studied English literature at University College London and Durham University. Foley worked as an editor at Headline Publishing Group and Hotter and Stoughton before writing full-time. For such a successful author, I was surprised at the limited information out there for a bio. I guess it's maybe just kind of what the author's willing to put out there, and I guess maybe how much people are really looking for, too. I don't think writing still is the same as, like, people who are really famous. Authors aren't famous the same way, like, actors and musicians are. To me, they are, but... <laughs> Maybe not to the normal person, because <laughs> I am definitely not normal. I would not subscribe to that theory. <laughs> so she has written The Paris Apartment, which uh, was 2022 this year, The Guest List 2020, The Hunting Party 2019, Last Letter from Istanbul 2018, The Invita- Invitation 2016, The Book of Lost and Found 2015. And I've read The Guest List and The Hunting Party, and I really enjoyed both of them. The Guest List had a similar theme and feeling as And Then There Were None by Agatha Christie. And if you've read that or know anything about that, you know that's like one of the top thriller mystery books. So I really enjoyed actually both of them. The Paris Apartment actually was named Most Anticipated Book of 2022 by Good Housekeeping and Goodreads. Foley has written a number of articles as well. A lot of them are unfortunately behind paywalls or register your email to read for free. So I didn't really get a chance to read many of them. Okay, I don't think any of them actually I read because I don't need to sign up and get all these emails. I I, I get too many emails as it is to my personal emails. She did write one article about turning to holistic medication after modern medicine was able to help with her chronic pain. And that was probably the one I was most interested in reading. But again, that was kind of behind like a paywall or a register for free to read this article, which I really hate and is really annoying. So getting into the book, there aren't a ton of authors that I read that I get really excited about their new releases. Jodi Picot is one, though I know Reddit would slaughter me for admitting that I enjoy her books because we've talked about they're so formulaic, but I really like her. And when I saw The Paris Apartment was coming out by Lucy Foley, I got so excited. I almost actually pre-purchased it and ended up not for some reason. And I can't remember why. Maybe I was thinking like, oh, I'm going to forget about this because it would be auto-downloaded to my Kindle. And I don't know. I don't remember what the reason was. But it worked out perfectly because I got to listen to it on Scribed as part of my monthly subscription, which if you haven't checked out Scribed yet, definitely do because I love it. And they're not paying me at all. I'm just sharing it because I love it. (laughs) I use it just for audiobooks, but you can use it for eBooks as well. And it's $9.99 a month. You can check out my link to get two months for free, but I use it all the time and I'm really enjoying it. So check it out if you haven't. So I listened to it on Scribed and this book has a full cast of narrators. And I think that's kind of when you know an author has made it, that they've got more than one narrator for their audiobook. I really enjoyed the narrations. I don't know for sure, but it seemed as though the accents were natural. And I appreciate that rather than a narrator using an accent that isn't theirs. I mean, I'm okay with it for small portions of the book, but not for a main character or a character who has a lot of speaking parts. And I could be totally wrong too, and they could be totally faked accents, but at least to me, they sounded good and I enjoyed them. The novel is a thriller about a woman, Jess, 
who has some trouble in her own life and decides to flee to Paris and stay with her brother at his swanky Paris apartment. She arrives to find him missing, and there are some concerning things in his apartment. Suspecting that her brother Ben may be in some trouble, she starts reaching out to the people around him to find out what may have happened to him, though she quickly learns that there are very few people that she should trust and begins to wonder who around her can she trust. I love Foley's slow burn style. I think she excels at creating tension and real fear. A lot of it has to do with her descriptions. She does a great job setting the scene in a way that the reader can picture the scene perfectly, if the reader is the type to envision things in their minds like I am. The setting of the Paris apartment reminds me of Only Murders in the Building, which if you haven't watched that one yet on Hulu, watch it. I still think about how great that show is. And because I was talking about it, I just checked. And season two is premiering on June 28th. And I cannot wait. That is one show that I really love and I'm really enjoying with Selena Gomez. Selena Gomez is so amazing. The apartment in the book is also for more wealthy people. And they each have like an entire floor. The various characters in the book are different residents of the apartment. They all have secrets to hide, of course, and each character is really well fleshed out. Sometimes when authors write about wealthy people, the opulence is excessive, but the way Foley writes and her characters talk about their wealth, it seems classic and comfortable. One of the characters talks about a party she's throwing, and it's so vivid that you want to be a guest at the party. At least I did. And going to parties thrown by wealthy people isn't something that is high on my list of things to do at all. But the way that it was described was like, oh, that sounds so nice. And that sounds really amazing. And I'd like to be there. (laughs) I've mentioned liking real things and real people. So that world doesn't really interest me, but fully makes it seem really accessible. And I can almost imagine having a glass of wine at the party in the Paris apartment. Jess is the most relatable character to me, but that's because she isn't wealthy. She's described as a bit of a drifter and not really reliable, but from her perspective, it seems like she's just not really found her place in life, which I feel is exactly what our 20s are for. There are some people that settle down in their 20s with relationship, career, one, both. And I think those that are happy in that way when they settle down at, in their 20s are kind of few and far between. Not that it can't happen, but I definitely think 20s are for finding ourselves and finding our places in life. Ben is a great character too. He's a journalist, which is what I went to school for. So I always feel like I have a special connection to characters who are journalists. Of course, that sets the scene immediately. Investigative journalists could be putting themselves in all types of danger. Jess calls Ben silver-tongued and talks about how charming he was. Great traits for a journalist, but it doesn't always save them from trouble. I think part of how Ben gets people to like him is by listening. It's amazing how so many people don't listen to others anymore. Ben allows people to talk, and at least he projects the idea that he's really hearing them. And I think that's what so many people want, is just to be seen and heard. I mean, that's something that's really important to me. I want people around me to see me and see who I am and hear me and hear what I have to say. Not necessarily even just the words that I speak, but but what I'm really trying to say to them when I am speaking to them. From the perspective of his neighbors, though, he isn't as well liked as Jess seems to think. I love the saying, what other people think of you is none of your business. 
This is true, though it can sometimes impact you even when you try not to worry about what other people think, especially in a work setting where sometimes what people think of you is paramount to your job. Jess also asks, how well do we really know anyone? And I love this because this is also so true. It also resonated because I've been listening to the First Degree podcast, which I talked about last week, which is somebody sharing their firsthand experience with a murder. They might know the murderer in some way. They were a student of theirs. They went to school together. Some cases, it's a family member. (laughs) And they always say that person that's sharing their experience They say, and I swear it's every single episode, how after they had this experience, they looked at people differently and they trusted people differently. If someone this close could do something like this, what are the other people around you capable of? And I think that's the big question at the heart of this book. Who is capable of what? It's also a great case study in neighbors and how people sometimes think they have their secrets, but often your neighbors, especially of all people, can know much more than you think. And I think in general, the people around you know more than what you think. It's also funny too, how people think they are having these secret affairs and they're usually not so secret at all. Sometimes a partner may not know or, or maybe just doesn't want to know, but someone always knows. And it's so cliche how people are, who are cheaters talk about it like it's something that just happened to them, but that is not the case at all. Cheating is a series of choices that leads up to the betrayal. So people have control over it. They just don't want to admit that they have control over it. Someone always knows your secrets. Most people don't keep things to themselves either. The characters in this thriller are using the secrets that they know to their advantage. I learned at a pretty young age, it's better not to keep your own secrets. Not the big ones anyways, because they usually come back to bite you. (laughs) So This is a really random story, but I was in seventh grade and one of my classmates was blackmailing me. And I don't remember exactly like what the blackmail was. It wasn't like for money or anything. And I can't remember. He was saying like, you better do this or say this. And I can't remember what exactly I was. But when I was in third grade, I had apparently had this huge crush on him and I made a tape for him of me singing whatever, some sort of love song or something and recorded myself singing and gave it to him in third grade. And I know I totally humiliating, (laughs) but dude, I was in like in third grade and I had a crush on this kid. (laughs) And so in seventh grade, he kept telling me he was going to share it with everyone. And after a couple months, I got fed up and I just said, fine, do whatever you want. I don't care. Share it with everybody. I'm not doing what you tell me to do anymore. And it turned out he was lying anyways, and the tape didn't work anymore. But I learned my lesson. (laughs) People only have control over you if you let them. And if you own up to your mistakes, people can't hold them over you. Of course, in seventh grade, I still cared more about what people thought of me. And over the years, what people think of me has mattered less and less. But I think they're good lessons to learn. (laughs) At first, the reasons for Jess not going to the police seems a little flimsy, but fully does flesh them out later in the book. I think it's one of the bigger challenges in thrillers, like what is the reason for not going to the authorities or not going to someone else as an authority figure to get help? I like a lot of captive protagonist stories where the characters can't call for help because they're trapped or for whatever reason they don't have cell service. And I totally know it's a plot device, but I really enjoy it. 
like one by one by Ruth Ware is a really good example of that. And I can't recall if it's both the hunting party and the guest list of Lucy Foley's that are like that as well. One of them is for sure where it's captive protagonist. And I just really like those. <laughs> I actually might go listen to another one of those or read another one of those books here while I've got time while I'm walking the dogs. <laughs> Early in the book, I was wondering if there were too many characters and too many people to keep track of. But as the story goes on, you slowly learn more about each character and their motivations. And you see the value in their being a part of their, the story and the value in them telling it from their perspective. And I think Foley does a really excellent job at this. She slowly drops hints as each resident is telling their story. And I ended up loving the unique and different voices. Also, totally random detail. One of the characters mentions MC Solar playing in the background. And I love MC Solar. I started listening to his music in, I think, like around 2006. And I actually forgot about him. And then I couldn't remember his name when I did remember him. So I was so excited to rediscover him. He's a really talented French rapper. So check him out. One of the characters mentioned that MC Solar was playing in the background. And I was like, wait, did I hear that right? MC Solar? I think that's the guy. And so I was so excited and I had to quick Google him right away. And yes, he's the guy. <laughs> Anyways, like we talked about last week, the rich are different. And I think when you have that much money and fame, you do have more to hide. Though the more I think about it, the more I think we need to be compassionate with all people. People do make mistakes. It's the people that don't try to better themselves or are unapologetic about their mistakes that I have a problem with. Some of the secrets that the characters are keeping, I don't think are that bad. And sometimes you think things will be worse than what they really are when your secrets are revealed. Most people are too concerned with their own lives that they move on quickly. Look at celebrity gossip, which is one of my guilty pleasures. Everyone was talking about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Now it's mostly forgotten. There are, of course, some stories that are still popping up in my like feed about celebrity gossip, but more people are talking about Britney Spears' wedding and her crazy ex-stalker. That's the big news now. Some people, of course, will always be targeted, like the royals. And I do feel sorry for them. I wouldn't want to live in that fishbowl. I don't care one way or another about Meghan Markle, or I think that's how you pronounce his name, her name. <laughs> but her family is disgusting. Okay, so I'm getting off on a tangent again about my celebrity gossip. The point is that things generally aren't as bad or aren't going to be as bad as you think they will be. There were definitely a few things I saw coming, but the big things I totally missed. Foley definitely wrap thing, wraps things up in a neat bow and all the questions you have as a reader are answered. And even some questions you didn't know you had are answered. Overall, I didn't expect the ending coming and I was really surprised. I give it four out of five. Goodreads gives it a 3.70. Other reviewers said riveting mystery. Another said melodramatic dithering, which made me laugh out loud. And I do kind of agree with this. <laughs> Somebody said they did not finish and that the characters are unlikable and the story is slow. I would say it's kind of a character-driven thriller. And yeah, the characters are unlikable because most of them are bad people that have secrets that they're trying whatever they can do to protect. And the story is definitely slow at times. It's it's a slow burn, but I enjoyed Foley's writing so much that to me it was a good read. 
Someone else said long and drawn out. Another person said short chapters that are easy to read. So good book if you like character-driven psychological thrillers. Not for you if you want something more action-packed. Media recommendations this week. Our Father on Netflix. This is the story of a fertility doctor who inseminated his own samples into women without their consent. It is disgusting. He has fathered 94 or more children. It's fascinating and horrific. It's also really terrible that there is no federal law that makes this a crime. That's, sorry, a spoiler alert, but it's true and it's really terrible. Also on Netflix, Stay Sweet, Obey and Pray, which is about the FLDS church under Rulan and Warren Jeff's control. Many of the people, both men and women who escaped and were thrown out, are interviewed. I read Alyssa Wall's book, Stolen Innocence, which is an incredible book. I've mentioned before, I'm a visual person, so we did really enjoy seeing her speak. Her sister, Rebecca, and her father are also part of the documentary. And I'm not sure that the documentary adds anything new, but seeing certain things make them even more impactful. The documentary does focus on the men more, and it's not a bad thing. It's just different from the book in that way. It reminded me that there were boys who were also impacted by the FDLS church as well. The documentary does an excellent job showing that it's not religious beliefs that are the problem. It's the abuse that's the concern. Also, as far as podcasts go, Breakup Boost podcast. So I started listening to this a while ago, and I really enjoyed it. Trina, the host, is both empathetic and emphatic. It's kind of what you need to hear, but not coddling your emotions. And even though it's called Breakup Boost, it's good for the before, the breakup, after, and even if you're just having challenges in your relationship. It's good and real relationship advice, and I am really enjoying it. Thank you again for listening. You can find me on Instagram at Don't Read Drunk. You can email me at don'treaddrunk at gmail.com. Check out my website, don'treaddrunk.buzzsprout.com. There is no apostrophe in any of the don'ts. This is a hobby podcast, so any support is highly appreciated. You can do a one-time donation on PayPal using my email, don'treaddrunk at gmail.com. You can also support this podcast by becoming a Patreon at patreon.com slash don'treaddrunk. That link is also in my show notes. Thank you so much to my sponsors, Aaron Ruiz at One Up Till Sun Up, who created the music. You can find One Up Till Sun Up, that's number one, U-P-T-I-L-S-U-N-U-P, on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Also, Avenue Coffee House. You can find them on Facebook and at their website, avenue-coffeehouse.com. Also, check out the newly opened Supernova, located downtown Milwaukee, and their amazing homemade donuts. Next episode, we will be talking about A Long Way Gone, Memoirs of a Boy Soldier by Ishmael B. Bye, and talk to you soon.